you want to get in on the action, we want to hear from you. Email us at faderoutemail at gmail.com with your questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it. We want to hear from you. We're on Instagram too. Slide in our DMs at Fade Route Podcast. Get at us. Welcome to the Fade Route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of The Fade Route with DNZ. I am Z, and I hope that our American friends and fans had a wonderful Thanksgiving day. And for our international friends and fans, I hope you had an awesome Thursday. I'm still digesting yesterday's games, and they were two one-sided affairs. Uh, I am thankful that... um, we had some good football yesterday. You know, we had some good offense, had some good food, good times with friends and family. If you are celebrating responsibly, and I'm also thankful for the Chicago Bears and the New York Jets. They are the gift that keeps on giving all year long. For those of you not in the know, Mitchell Trubisky will be back under center this weekend for the Chicago Bears as Nick Foles is still hurting, and Sam Darnold will be back in the starting lineup for the New York Jets against the Miami Dolphins this weekend. 0-16, here we come. And here he is. I've known this guy since our days on Carousel Shoes flight crew through and and through the last QB in St. John's history. What's up, D? How's it going? How's your Thanksgiving? Great Thanksgiving. I am thankful for the soap opera that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and (laughs) Bruce Arians and Tom Brady. Not again. Why do you do this to me? Why do you do this to me? What is going on in Tampa Bay this week? What beef is there? What chemistry issue is it? Uh, What did Antonio Brown throw in the locker room and shatter this week? And, you know, are are Rojo and Leonard Fournette closer to having a steel cage match for the, the starting job or what? It's just more uh, Arians throwing more shade at Tom Brady for uh, not being able to read defenses correctly. Apparently, the six-time Super Bowl champion has forgot his calling card as a signal caller and can no longer uh, read defenses correctly. So that's why he's he's connecting on the deep ball in practice, but he can't connect on the deep ball in the game. Uh, that is the conundrum that is the Bruce Arians offense. That is interesting. You know, funny how that is, that guys can make the throws in practice, but, you know, when you actually get into a game and you have another team on the other side that's trying to rip your quarterback's head off, you know, rolling right and then chucking it back left doesn't work. Surprise, surprise. You know, to quote a famous man, we talk about practice. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. I mean, Bruce Arians is really starting to remind me a lot of Rex Ryan. I remember when Rex Ryan was in New York, he was going to run his 4-6 bear, whether he had uh, Darrell Revis or Bart Scott running linebacker. It didn't matter. That was his defense. He was going to run it, whether you liked it or not. It seems like Bruce Arians is doing the same thing. He wants to be able to throw bombs every game, even though he's got a quarterback that's made his living off of dinking and dunking passes and working his way downfield to win championships. It, it is very interesting. Here. It is very interesting that Bruce Arians has never really had this issue before where he's had to ego bust a superstar quarterback. I mean, he's coached Andrew Luck, he coached Ben Roethlisberger, and he never seemed to have issues. You know, but now all of a sudden Tom Brady comes into the fold and he just, he's not getting it. He's just not doing it right. He's just, he's missing reads. I find that very interesting that the other two times with the superstar quarterback that Bruce Arians can make it work. But this guy, this is the straw that breaks his back. The one thing I will say is, you know, Andrew Luck and Ben Roethlisberger definitely had a bigger arm than Tom Brady, but... 
you know, you have to play to the strength of your team. Rojo has proven this year that he can run the football. They went out and signed Leonard Fournette. He can he's a he's a powerhouse. You got a top five defense. You gotta play to your strength. There's no re- you don't need to hang 40 on everybody like you do the Panthers. And you're not gonna go and outscore the Kansas City Chiefs. We can get into that later, but someone's gotta bend here. And to Brady's credit, he's taking the blame. He's saying it's on me. He needs to be better. But this also might be Tom trying to prove, hey, listen, you know, I don't I'm not just a dink and dunk passer. I can complete the deep ball. Maybe this was maybe this trip down to Tampa is what this was all about to show that he could be a quarterback, you know, that can can get the ball downfield. His, his throws of 20 yards or more, he's 18 for 60 with three touchdowns and four interceptions. That's awful. Even the year when he had Randy Moss, he, they weren't throwing bombs every every down. No. So you know, we'll see where this leads. When you look at those long-distance numbers, and they are very reminiscent of the man that he replaced, it's very similar to Jameis Winston numbers, and it really makes you wonder, and we'll get to that later, about if Jameis Winston could have done a better job with this particular group of guys and this particular style of offense. It's time for the fade-in where we give a nod to the trending sports stories of the week. But we're going to talk about, since we already invoked the name of the Pittsburgh Steelers, let's talk about the game that wasn't. They were supposed to play the Baltimore Ravens on Thursday to cap off the Thanksgiving festivities in the main event game at 8 o'clock. Unfortunately, COVID has run through the Ravens like crap through a goose. And Melvin Ingram, Melvin Ingram, yeah, right. Mark Ingram is out. Dobbins is out. Lamar Jackson is out. A coach is out. I think you said the lunch lady's out. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's getting to the point where they had to postpone from Thursday to Sunday. And they're still so unsure that they now moved it from Sunday to Tuesday. Tuesday night football. Which impact? Are you ready for some football on Tuesday? That also impacts Thursday because the Ravens were supposed to play the Cowboys. So that's probably not happening unless miraculously you can play on two days rest, which, you know, you kind of can't. So that's masking (laughs) the deeper issues of the Ravens, who, although they are six and four, they look like crap right now. And it really makes you wonder if they will make the playoffs. What say you? Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely an issue with the offense. And some of it can be due to... Marshall Yonda's retirement, he was one of the best offensive linemen on that team. And the other can be the way they're using Hollywood Brown. I don't really agree with, you know, he's running out patterns, he's running some seam routes, but he's not blowing the tops off the defenses like he was last year. It doesn't seem like teams are either afraid of his speed or they're, they're ready for his speed. The estimated points added per passing is 27th in the league. The Jets are right behind them. You don't want to be mentioned in the same sentence as COVID. No. Um, (laughs) Not if you have any serious aspirations whatsoever. Right. And it's also, I mean, I hate to say it, but kind of looking like drafting Dobbins was a mistake. They might have been better off drafting another interior lineman to help that run game. I think they did draft maybe one or two linemen, but they're not ranked. I don't think they're working out to the ability that they they thought they were going to. and a lot of teams are taking the ball out of Lamar's hand. You know, on the read options, what they're doing is they're forcing Lamar to give the ball. You know, teams are much more willing to deal with Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and Mark Ingram than letting Lamar Jackson run wild all over the place where you don't know what he's going to do. We don't know if he's going to throw it. We don't know if he's going to do some spectacular play or go 40 yards for a touchdown. And he also seems a lot more uh, frantic when he gets blitzed. You know, right away he's looking to run. Or he's he's not look he's not doing his progressions he's he's kind of got happy feet back there so they're not handling the blitz well and you know for all these reasons I actually don't think they're going to make the playoffs it's just too competitive in the AFC this year it certainly doesn't look good right now and for one in addition to Marshall Yonda I think that losing Hayden Hurst actually is a big 
big loss for them considering the fact that the tight end position is such a big part of their offense. If you look back, you had uh, Max Williams, you had Hurst, you have Andrews, and now you're really only down to Andrews, and he doesn't play every down. He doesn't even start most games, and you really need a complimentary player on the opposite side of Hollywood Brown. I mean, it's great. I mean, he's, he is a very good player. He's got speed, but you definitely, you know, you can take him out of the game and you can make Lamar Jackson try and beat you another way. And, you know, he's losing. He's not going through his progressions properly or he's just not reading and seeing the field well. And, you know, he's paying for it right now because he's making bad decisions or he's just taking off. It's, you know, it's very much like Daniel Jones, and you don't want to be compared to Daniel Jones. In the same way you don't want to be compared to the Jets, you don't want to be compared to Daniel Jones as a quarterback. Yeah, I don't know if they really thought that Des Bryant was going to fix their wide receiver issue. They're dead. They're almost dead last in the league in passing. But, you know, for that reason, I don't have them making the playoffs. And really, my playoff picture has changed since we talked about it in the beginning of the season. Oh, absolutely. I mean – we did, as you know, a part of our way too early playoff predictions, we absolutely, you know, made some mistakes. And um, let's, since we're talking about the AFC, we'll start with them. Uh, for me, number one, clearly right now, since they are the only undefeated team left, Pittsburgh has to be the class of the conference just on that alone. Uh, number two is Kansas City. You know, they've been rolling teams except for the Raiders that one time. But, you know, they're, they have not missed a beat, and having Edwards-Alaire has proven to be a great addition. And even Le'Veon Bell got in on it last week. So they're diversifying their offense a little bit, and, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes doesn't have to do as much as he had to do last year. For me, Indianapolis is going to uh, take the other division instead of Tennessee. It's going to be close. It's going to be a fight. They play each other this weekend. But, you know, Indianapolis is the number one defense in the league, and Frank Reich always seems to have a plan. Very good coach, possibly the coach of the year. I mean, we'll see where that goes. And AFC East, it's definitely a toss-up for me. It's, you know, Miami or Buffalo. Right now, Buffalo's in that position. But, you know, they're still an unproven commodity, and, you know, Josh Allen has to prove that he can be the quarterback that everybody expects him to be as far as my three wild cards, because we do have an expanded wild card this year, Tennessee, they're going to be my number one wild card because I don't see them winning the division over the Colts. I have Miami in that second slot just because they're, they're losing out to the Buffalo bills. And this may shock you. Say it, say it. What do you no. say? It. Don't, don't make me say it. I don't want to say it. I, I don't want to say it. Say it. No. The Cleveland Browns, all right? You happy? Are you guys happy? The Cleveland Browns are the third wild card team. They're playing too well That's right now. That's because you saw one of those progressive commercials. Oh, this, is not Baker May- this is not Baker Mayfield's mouth on Baker Mayfield's body. <laughs> you saw him deep fry a turkey. You oh, were in on it. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And my, we're going to do a little Joe Lenardi here. Last two out, I got the Las Vegas Raiders and the Baltimore Ravens. I agree with you. The Ravens are not going anywhere and they're going nowhere fast right now. They definitely need to have some major offensive upgrades this off season to get Lamar Jackson back to where he was. Yeah. I'm going to agree with you on the division winners. I got Pittsburgh, um, Kansas city, Indy and Buffalo differ, differ a little bit on the wild card. I have uh, Tennessee and Vegas and also Cleveland. So really just one difference there. And the people I have on the outside is Miami, New England. And of course, I already told you I'm not into Baltimore. Uh, Cleveland, it's, it really just comes down to, you know, they're seven and three. And yeah. they're able to run the football with two different backs. They play decent defense. I'm, I'm not saying they're going to go far, but they're definitely capable of making this wild card. Kevin Stefanski definitely looks like he has a game plan. He has an idea of what he wants to do. And, you know, that 
a lot of that involves making sure that Baker Mayfield doesn't screw it up. And that is definitely important. You know, turn around. Hand, right. It's, hand yeah, it off it's, it's, yeah. Hand it off to they Kareem Hunt. It, Don't screw it up. Give it to Kareem. Throw it. A, throw, give it or hand, hand the ball to him. Throw it to him. Just get the ball to Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Yep. And, you know, if we get from behind, we'll figure it out. Yeah. And, you know, they, and they have a very underrated defense as well. So, you know, they are they are building. And let's be real. When you suck for as long as the Cleveland Browns have sucked, you got to eventually get good, you know? But it's, it's just the law of averages. Eventually, That's just math. That's just basic math, yes, right? Right, exactly. Eventually, the good catches up to the suck. And, it, <laughs> you know, if this is just a good year for them. Who knows? They could turn around and suck again next year. But as of right now, congratulations, Browns fans. You have a playoff team. And they got you to talk about them. Yes, and they got me to talk about it. And they got me to praise them. So good for you guys. Moving on to the NFC, another guy that I owe an apology to is Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry. You guys, I picked you guys to finish last in the beginning of the year in our way too early picks. You know, MVS, I apologize to you, even though you fumbled away the game last week. You're having a heck of a year. You're not as trash as I thought you were. Trash? Trash. Not as trash as I thought he was. He's better than I thought. And I apologize to Coach LaFleur. You're not a loser, LaFleur. <laughs> so Suck you, up, Green Bay Packer fans, you will love this. Have some cheese because you guys are my number one seed in the NFC, followed by the New Orleans Saints. You know, I like what they're doing right now. Tampa Bay cannot catch them for the division lead nah, unless they, they go in a complete tailspin and, like, lose out the rest of the season, which they will not do. Uh, Taysom Hill definitely provides them with – Something that Drew Brees does it and gives you a little bit of unpredictability. For the dynamic. Dynamic. That's a great way to describe him. And you know what? He's built like a friggin' linebacker, too. So that certainly helps. So he's going to give punishment as well as take punishment. And for the third place team, I got the Los Angeles Rams. Now, for the loyal listeners of this show, you know that I picked the Seattle Seahawks now only get to the Super Bowl, but to win it. But as of right now, they aren't winning Jack. Like, they're, I mean, it is going to be very difficult for them to get that far. The Rams are humming on all cylinders right now. And as of right now, they are the best team in that division. That leaves the NFC East. The NFC East is a group of mediocre teams that have the luxury of hosting a playoff game. Most likely against Tampa Bay. That being said, I like what I've seen from Alex Smith. Antonio Gibson is turning into a very good running back. Terry McLaurin, class act, great wide receiver for them. A good number, maybe not a number one, but still very good. You have, you know, Chase Young is doing great things on their off on their defensive line. Their front seven gets after the quarterback. And it's a feel-good story with Alex Smith. And you know what? It's not just a feel-good story. The guy's actually playing pretty well, all things considered. So the football team, you guys are going to be my division winners in the NFC East. Congratulations. Someone's got to win Somebody's got to win it. Exactly. It's like that year when the Seahawks, you know, had a losing record and still won that division because it was right. so mediocre. But, right. you know – I. That year, I think seven and nine won it. Seven and nine, you know, I don't even know if these teams will get to seven and nine. I mean, we, yeah. We're going to see about that. But for my three wild card teams right now, Tampa Bay, I mean, you can't deny it. I mean, as much as I hate talking about them, their talent is undeniable. And you figure the cream will eventually rise to the top. And, you know, <laughs> they, they eventually need to gel. Like, it, it's just a law, again, the law of averages. Good teams will eventually come together. And I have three playoff teams coming from the NFC West. You can really flip-flop Arizona and Seattle for the last two spots. I have Seattle and then Arizona as my final wildcard team. But it wouldn't surprise me if it was Arizona and Seattle. But three teams are coming out of the NFC West because that division is loaded. 
Uh, my last two out, Joe Lenardi style, last two out, the New York Giants. They are playing very well right now, but I don't think they have enough this year to win the division from Washington. A couple more players, maybe a healthy Saquon Barkley, and that'll get them over the top, but they got a coach. As of right now, they have a semi-decent quarterback, and they're playing really well. And for me, the, the next of the second team out, the Carolina Panthers. They're winning without Bridgewater. They're winning without Christian McCaffrey. They hung 20, and they shut out the Detroit Lions. That's more of an indictment on the Lions, but they got P.J. Walker playing great. It really speaks to the culture that Matt Rule is creating down there. And Robbie Anderson, he's balling out. He's having a hell of a year. So, you know, I, I like what they're building down there. And they're just going to, you know, they're just going to be on the outside looking in, in my opinion. Yeah, so uh, we're, we're very close in our in our picks. Um, right now, I'm, I see New Orleans taking that one seed, especially if Taysom Hill is able to just, you know, keep running the offense, not turning over the football and being as dynamic as he is. I got the Rams at two, their defense, uh, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, your studs. Uh, surprisingly, I really do believe this. I'm sticking with my Minnesota pick for the, the championship game. So I have them taking the division, Green Bay taking the wild card, sticking with the Washington football team to win the division in the, in the East. Again, it has to do with their defense. They're, they're number five overall. They're number six against the pass. They run the football. Uh, they don't. They are turning it over, but that's more of Alex Smith. He's got some rust on him. I think they'll. I think they'll get better with that. TB12 is going to stay at five. I, I. I. It's hard for me to see them not make the playoffs. Uh, that would be just a, a disaster. That's fire uh, everybody. And, at, at that yeah. point, Arians, you're gone. Leftwich, gone. Brady, gone. Gronk, gone. Take a whoever's left at that point. Whoever's holding the sticks, gone. Exactly. Todd Bowles, scorekeeper, gone. That's it. Todd Bowles, you're the, co- you're the head Parker, coach gone. again. Gone. Gone. The the guy who loads the cannons, gone. Gone. <laughs> Johnny Depp, gone. That's it. Um, so then uh, I have Seattle uh, getting that uh, wild card spot along with uh, Green Bay. And along, yeah, along with Green Bay, yeah. So that'll be my three teams. It'd be Tampa, Seattle, and Green Bay. Uh, but you know, we were talking about the NFC East, and it's just you know, it's it's a shit, it's just a shit show. Um, I I really do believe the Washington football team reminds me a lot of uh, Vegas, where you know we're gonna play hard nosed defense, we're gonna run the ball. And then at times we're either going to do some trickery or we're going to try to throw it over the top of you. And, and that's old school. Like they're making up for not having top of the line caliber players, you know, riverboat Ron, he's a hall of fame coach and he's got them playing uh, amazing right now. Gibson yesterday broke the record for a rookie touchdowns in a Thanksgiving game. Like, you know, in the beginning of the season, we weren't talking about Antonio Gibson, Logan Thomas has been playing great at tight end they're they're the team. I, I find it hard to believe any of the other teams in the East are going to be able to overtake them. Wentz is throwing interceptions. He can't be trusted. Uh, Danny Dimes, he's another turnover machine. Their Giants defense is playing well, but I don't. I, they lack the stars. They lack the person that's going to bring them back to win a game or keep them in a game. And then with Dallas, I, I can't explain Dallas. You know, they... They have a top 10 offense. They have weapons all over the place. So what if it's Andy Dalton? It's Andy Dalton. He can still whip the ball around the field. C.D. Lamb, uh, Amari Cooper, uh, you got all of uh, Ezekiel Elliott, and they lose. They lose. I don't. It might be an indictment on the coach. I don't know. It's certainly quizzical that Jason Garrett got pretty much the same group of guys Granted, he had Dak Prescott, but Dak Prescott is, you know, a, a little bit better than Andy Dalton was in his prime. But Andy Dalton is a is still a pretty representative quarterback. You know, he's definitely this guy too from he, TCU. Yeah, and he's definitely, you know, if if you want a quality backup, you can do worse than a ten plus year starter. You know, you it's mean, that defense. That defense. It is so bad. They can't you know, keep a chain link fence from closing. Like that's how bad they are. And it's weird because they have good players. Like 
J- Jalen Smith and Demarcus Lawrence, Aldon Smith. I know you know he had trouble in the past, but these yeah. are these are good football players. They're not great, but they're good. Yeah. Van Der Esch, Van Der Esch, Sean Lee, and you've got names. You definitely have guys on this team that do. And they're all making big money too. They they didn't come cheap. They paid a lot for these guys. That's the problem, though. It's just that just be remember Major League. Remember what they said about Corbin Bernson. Forget about Dorn because he's only high priced. Like some of these guys, forget about him because they're only high priced. Sean Lee, when was the last time Sean Sean Lee ever finished a season? Probably never. But you know, when he's out there, he's very good. He's a high motor linebacker. I think he's an avid Madden player, so that's probably where he finishes his seasons. Oh yeah, yeah. He's part of the '99 club for injuries, (laughs) for brittleness. You have a 99 brittleness. Good job. Awareness. Clutch. <laughs> yes. You know, he's got that feel vision. That's what we want. But, you know, it definitely is an indictment on both sides of the ball. They should be winning with what they have, but they're not. They're a bunch of underachievers, and they've been a bunch of underachievers for a while down in Dallas. The Eagles, we've said it before, and we'll say it again. They coasted off of that Super Bowl. They have not built around Carson Wentz. And Carson Wentz has not played in a very inspiring way. He plays very loose and he plays playground ball. I mean, he's got a he's got a better arm, but he plays like Baker Mayfield. Like that's you know, we, we rip Baker Mayfield all the time for the way he plays. So we, it's only fair that we ripped Carson Wentz for doing the exact same shit. And for the Giants, you know, full disclosure, you guys know I'm a Giant fan, but the proof is in the pudding. Watch the games. They are on the come. They're playing hard for Coach Judge. They may not have the talent, but you know what? They definitely have the want to, and that motivation, that motor – that definitely helps a lot. You know, they're second best team in that division. Second best team in that division without a doubt. And, okay. and if Daniel Jones could ever get his fumbling problem and his awareness problems under control, they could leap to number one. They could, they have better offensive weapons than the Washington football team. When healthy, Matt, you match them up easily. The better team is with the it was with the New York Giants. However, I think if you put Alex Smith on the Giants, that team is not only over uh, 500. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I got to fight you on that. I don't man. know. I don't, I, there's no Chase there's no Chase Young on the New York Giants, man. There ain't no uh scary Terry on the New York Giants. There's no Antonio Gibson on the New York Giants. I mean, you really believe that? I do. They play a full team game. And that does matter, you know. Peppers is playing great right now. Blake Martinez is playing great right now. He's he is playing very good, Blake Martinez. Yeah, you mean he's not they're not flashy, but they get the job done. And I think you just you put if even if you just put Alex Smith's brain in Daniel Jones's body. Like, that would make a difference. You know, having a veteran quarterback and, you know what, getting rid of Eli Manning and just let it, you know, let it, allowing him to retire, you know, that, that's proving to be something because, you know, Eli had that veteran savvy that you could have shown Daniel Jones a little bit more of to where he probably isn't making the stupid decisions where he's constantly not throwing the ball away. He's not going through his progressions and he's trying to force something that isn't there. So you definitely need a little bit more of a veteran presence in that quarterback room, but you know, like talent for talent, I I would take the giants over the Washington football team. Does does Philly go to Jalen hurts for these last couple of games? Well, I would just to see what I have. Uh, Carson Wentz, you know, Honest to God, like, you know, as well as I do, that we expect him to be hurt by now. So, like, this is gravy at this point. He's like, I actually, I might have a chance to make make through an entire season. This is awesome. But, you know, I would see what Jalen Hurts is. You know, you might have lightning in a bottle. That way you can kind of, you know, assess what you got. You invested in him. 
but you definitely need some help at skill position. You need some help on the offensive line. You, the Eagles need help everywhere right now. So, you know, it, it, it'll it be fine the last three games of the season because you're not going anywhere, but it's going to be a long off season for the Eagles. Yeah, they're going to have to figure out because, I, I mean, he, his contract is so uh, large, you know, you're, you you have to play him. You have to play him. I don't see how they could not play Carson Wentz. And, you know, I do believe what you're saying in that they won that Super Bowl and they're kind of like, all right, we're, we're all good now. And it's like, well, no, you know, and their defense is good. They have a good defense, but – He's got to learn what the other what the other guys learn. If the play's not there, you got to throw it away. I've seen him take so many hits and so many shots, and say, he's getting a safety. The ball's getting knocked out, and it's at some point you got to wonder: is it the coaching? Like, is the coach telling him to keep the play alive? Like anybody else would throw the ball away. It's not like he got these stud guys to throw it to either. Maybe they just need to turn around, hand it to Miles uh, Miles Sanders. Uh, and 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 build off of the running game, but again, their their offensive line beat up too. I think Peters is gone for the rest of the year. I think he shattered his ankle or something mm-hmm. crazy like that. Kelsey had to come off the field last game. I don't know if he's going to be able to play this week either. At this point, Carson Wentz is a five-year vet. If he has not learned by now that if it's not there, throw it away, he's never going to learn. Yeah. We're not talking about Lamar Jackson. You know, we're not talking about Daniel Jones. We're not talking about even Sam Darnold. We're talking about a guy who's in his fifth year. They, they were talking about MVP candidacy before he wrecked his back. Two years ago, yeah. Yeah, before Nick Foles had to take over for him because he wrecked his back, diving full head first instead of sliding. Decision-making definitely is an issue with Carson Wentz. And at this point... I mean, after five years, you got to kind of have to say he is who he is. You can't really yeah. coach that stuff out of him if it hasn't been coached out of him by now. Right. He's definitely not a future Hall of Famer. Uh, speaking of which, this week they announced the semifinalist for the Hall of Fame class. Uh, you know, one of the things that I took a look at, you know, I'm, I'm a harsh critic. I'm a firm believer in that there are good players and then there are great players. And there's a big difference between a, being a good player and being a great player. For me, the Hall of Fame is for great players. But every good player, you know, should have an opportunity to be in the Hall of Fame. But all great players go to the Hall of Fame. So, you know, I'm just curious out of this class for you, you know, what are some of the players that you like their chances of getting in or some of the guys that you don't think they should get in? First and foremost, I think we need to mention the fact that Peyton Manning, Calvin Johnson, and Charles Woodson are probably locks. So we're, I'm not even going to talk about them because, yeah, they're Peyton Manning, Megatron, and Charles Woodson. So this is really about the other 22 guys that were named semifinalists. So of those 22 guys, like five really stand out for me, and two of them are kind of question marks. But uh, we'll start with Zach Thomas. Zach Thomas had a hell of a career with the Dolphins. Uh, He was Mr. Dolphin. And as much as Jason Taylor was. And he was the anchor of that defense as a linebacker for so many years. And he made them who they were. Uh, John Lynch. Surprisingly enough, he was in the Hall of Fame already. I find that John Lynch. I mean, John Lynch was scary good when he was in Tampa Bay. And he, you know, he definitely passes the eye test as far as a Hall of Famer. In terms of offensive linemen, offensive linemen is a hard position to kind of grade out as far as who's great. Obviously, the most, you know, obviously it's Anthony Munoz is kind of like the measuring stick for offensive linemen. But Alan Fanica had a really good career between Pittsburgh and the New York Jets. I mean, <laughs> Fanico, I mean, he was solid, you know, as a member of that line with the Brit, with the Brickshaw Ferguson and Nick Mangold. And he was, he was definitely an anchor of that team. And as far as skill position players go, you know, wide out, 
is ultimately a dependent position because you have to wait for the quarterback to get you the ball. The ball isn't in your hand all the time. But in terms of dynamic wide receivers, you got Reggie Wayne and you got Torrey Holt. To me, those guys easily walk into Canton. So, uh, you know, for me, uh, like you said, you know, Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, Calvin Johnson, it's hard to argue that they are not first ballot walking through the door with no problem. The only uh, one I would say you could probably argue is Calvin Johnson, just because I for, thought the same from thing. playing longer you know, I, from longevity and then playing on a shit team. I thought the same thing. The only reason why I think he can get in is because he was truly dominant at his position. Yeah, like he was dominant. He dominated the games. I mean, he would jump over six and seven people. But, yeah, I agree with you. A case could be made where uh, I don't know if you should get in right away. But um, I do like Willie Anderson. Mm -hmm. Um, I agree with you on Alan Fanica. Uh, Heinz Ward. I mean, Heinz Ward, the Super Bowls. uh, He he was leading the Pittsburgh Steelers in catches. uh, Very dynamic uh, wide receiver. Reggie Wayne. I mean, Reggie Wayne is Reggie Wayne. He was – he, after Marvin Harrison left, he took on the reins and he was the number one wide receiver for Peyton. Yep. Uh, they broke a lot of records together. It, it'd be hard to put Peyton in and not put in Reggie Wayne. True. Um, but a couple, I have a lot of guys that I don't think belong there. And unfortunately, it's one of the guys you mentioned. Um, I, I don't see why Jared Allen needs to go to the Hall of Fame. Mm. I don't see why Eric Allen needs to go to the Hall of Fame. I don't see why Rodney Harrison needs to go to the Hall of Fame. He's great. He's a good, good safety. I wouldn't call him great. He's good. Very good at times. Hard hit. He allowed one of the worst catches in Super Bowl history, which <laughs> helped the Giants win a Super Bowl. Richard Seymour? Richard Seymour? Really? Uh, uh, Patrick Willis? Patrick Willis is another guy. Retired early. Yeah. The, for me, that I think that's going to be a while for Patrick Willis. The, if anything. the problem is, is like where if he gets in, where are you putting him next to? You're putting him next to, like, are you, who who who? What linebacker are you comparing him to? Dip Buckus? Are you comparing him? Who, like who's he gonna go? Who's his bus going next to? Junior Seau? Like mm. how 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 are we comparing these guys? Same right. thing with Zach Thomas. Zach Thomas is Mr. Dolphin. He led the team in tackles. That's great. He never won anything. He was undersized. I, he, he might even played a year in Dallas, but he's 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 good. He's not great. And Fred Taylor. I love Fred Taylor. Fred Taylor was a really good running back for the Jaguars. Was he great? Was he Marshall Falk? Was he Dion? Was he was he uh, you know, was he uh, was he Barry Sanders? I, I don't I don't see it. I don't see it. You know, that's that's just my opinion on that. No, and, and a lot of guys are going to be victims of playing on bad teams like Calvin Johnson. You're going to have issues like that. Uh, retiring early, but you know what? If you're that talented, it's undeniable. Like Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders retired young and super talented though. And he was a fantastic he was a phenomenal, phenomenal college football player. Yeah. Like he transitioned seamlessly into the sport. But I think you have to like for me, and it, it might be different for everybody else who votes on this thing, but the Hall of Fame is for great players. Some people argue that the Hall of Fame could also be for players that change the game. Like Peyton Manning was a guy that they considered like change the game. He couldn't throw the ball the farthest, and he and he didn't have the best spiral, but he changed the game because he didn't even call. They didn't even huddle up for a couple of years, but they would just call plays and just say the verbiage. And Marvin Harrison wouldn't even come in the huddle, and he knew what plays to run. Like that's that, that's just changing the game. You know, so it depends on how you look at the voting process. But I, you know, I'm a firm believer that, you know, don't ruin the Hall of Fame. And that goes for any sport, basketball, baseball, football, hockey. I don't want good players to get in there because then that diminishes the great players. I'm really, you know, and I feel like baseball does baseball, I think, does a good job of, you know, making sure that only the best players get in there. They're really trying to level out. The steroid users, like, nah, man, you know, I'm, I'm with Joe Morgan. I'm with Joe Morgan on this. Like, you know, not, not everybody gets to go to the Hall of Fame. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. It is a privilege, but at the same time, it, it goes to show you that things can be kind of 
misconstrued, especially now that you have several in baseball, it's different. Cause I mean, baseball, you have all these different subcommittees and things like that to the point where Harold Baines is a hall of famer. Harold Baines isn't a hall of famer. Like, I think nope. you and I can agree on that. Harold Baines no. is a good hitter. They told him no. to forget his glove. If you're gonna put if you're gonna put Harold Beans and then put Mike Mussina in, agree. What? Yeah. Like, so they did, but that's the thing. It's just like you kind of open the door just to because you want to have more Hall of Famers and you want to have a a bigger dais. You're kind of compromising the integrity of it. Right. So, exactly. You're shooting down those. You're shooting down the people that really, really deserve to be there. True. Uh, you know, and you're you're diminishing, you're watering it down the product. You're watering it down. Like if those steroid users ever get into the whole baseball Cooperstown, I'm never gonna go. I'm not going up there because that that you just you just ruin the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. And as far as the this class, I mean, some guys uh, you can just write off the list immediately. As good as Tony Baselli was for a short period of time, he didn't do it long enough. And right, I think you right. can kind of you can eliminate Patrick Willis. For the same thing. She's like, yeah. you didn't, I, I get it. CTE is a very scary thing. No. You, you wanted to, re- you retired early because you wanted to avoid concussions and injury. I respect his decision. I respect that, but yeah, you, you didn't do enough. No, I'm sorry. No, it's, I, I agree with that. But then there are some guys that, you know, like they, for longevity's purposes, they definitely put up good numbers and, you know, they deserve a look at least, at least a look. You don't have to put them in, but at least look at them. Like, if we're going to do a baseball comparison, like Rafael Palmeiro. Rafael Palmeiro played 20-something years for how many different teams, and yeah, he was a compiler. But at the end of the day, he still had to put up those numbers, regardless of whether or not he was a compiler. So you're definitely going to look at Rafael Palmeiro, and then... Granted, he was also, you know, one of the steroid guys, which further compl- it further complicates the issue. But if you're just looking at the numbers and you like put a black bar, you redact the name, you're gonna look at that player. So, you know, it definitely some players, you know, maybe not first ballot, not maybe not first go round, but as time goes on and new writers and statisticians look at the, at each player, they're going to look more kindly on other people. Like on ESPN, did you, did you see that article? Why everybody should be voting for Andy Pettit to be in the hall of fame. Andy Pettit was a good pitcher. I like, you know, watching the Yankees. I like Andy Pettit, Like Andy Pettit's a bulldog. He's a guy that you want pitching game seven for you. The biggest game of the year. You want Andy Pettit. Andy Pettit's not a Hall of Famer. Sorry. No, I didn't read that article. And I, I think, you know, an argument could be made that Andy Pettit is not an Hall of Famer. But an argument can be made for him only based on his postseason numbers. He had some really phenomenal postseason numbers. Um, but, yes, I agree, I, agree with, I agree with the sentiment you're, you're conveying in that, in that notion that, you know, some people just – yeah, if you, if you you can't just get in just based on, you know, certain certain aspects of your career. Right. And baseball, baseball more so than football has been guilty of doing that. So yeah. kudos, kudos to the baseball. NFL for not letting in the Bill Mazeroskis of the world. You know? Right, right. Right. It's so far it's been a busy a pretty busy week for the NBA, lots of moving, lots of shaking and uh, four teams that have been particularly busy like three, you, I mean, two, you would expect one is just ridiculous. And the other one is, you know, I have no idea what the hell's going on. So <laughs> let, we'll talk about the, we'll start with the ones that we expect to be busy. And those are the ones that uh, you have the new Orleans Pelicans and the, uh, the LA Lakers. They're making some moves. I mean, LeBron is rebuilding the team around him, especially since that, you know, the Anthony Davis opt out making things a little bit interesting. He brought in Mark Gasol, um, Montrez Harrell, uh, Caldwell Pope resigned. They lost Rajon Rondo. So I don't know. Is this the, is this the team moving forward? Or do you see one more move coming your way from the Los Angeles Lakers? 
No, I think this is the team moving forward. Um, you know, and one, I think they're going to get Anthony Davis. I don't think that's, you know, he, he had to opt out, obviously. Um, but I, I like it. I think, I think they're better. They're better. Look, you got Coldwell Pope, Dennis Schroeder, Wes Matthews coming off the bench, Montrez Harrell, Markeith Morris, and Marcus Gasol. Who's better than Powell Gasol? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't really see anyone really really contending with them in the West. And the West has gotten better. Teams like the Suns, the Mavericks, uh, definitely got better. But uh, even the Trailblazers, I think, made some nice moves. But you're not going to compete with the Lakers. No, you're not really going to compete with the Lakers. And one, I mean. One of the teams that has a chance to get better in the West is definitely the New Orleans Pelicans. You know, building around Zion Williamson, they brought in George Hill. They, I mean, with that trade for uh, Drew Holiday when they sent him to Milwaukee, they're trying to build some veteran uh, presence around him so it doesn't have to be the Zion show all the time. And you still have Ingram. You still have Lonzo Ball. You still have... They also yeah. added Steven Adams. That's right. They traded for, they traded for Steven Adams. So, so if you look, if you're looking at this team, uh, I like Lon- Lonzo Ball's fine, um, and then you have uh, Eric Bledsoe, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And then you have Josh Hart and JJ Redick. Oh, I, I'm a hate JJ Redick, but he's a good player. He's coming off the bench, and then if what I thought was a surprise move, which is I th- I like it, was they they extended Brandon Ingram five years, 158 million dollars. He averages like 23, 24 points a game, but you've you've kind of you you've um you've solidified your team for the next couple of years, right? Right. So I I think they have something. They can be as good as a five seed. I don't see why they couldn't be a five seed, but they're all young too. So I like I like I like what they're doing. I like their chances. So we'll see how it gels together. True. You do have a young core there that you're building, and they're just gonna keep growing together. Um, ultimately. It is going to be a slog in that Western Conference because you do have so many good teams out there. Yeah, uh, they could peak at a five. Absolutely, yeah. they could peak at a five. But um, anywhere between five and seven, I think, would be a very realistic expectation for this team. It's got to um, make you happy if you're in the fan base. And, well, even if you, even if you're not, you know, Zion Williamson, he, he is as advertised. He is the real deal. If you, if you're a fan of basketball. You root for a guy like Zion Williamson just because he is he is who he says he is. And he's a hell of a player. So you that's the kind of kid that you hope becomes a superstar and ascends to that next level of greatness. For as far as head scratchers, the Atlanta Hawks, they're trying to build around Trey Young and I mean, they're getting some players. They brought in Danilo Gallinari and, you know, a few ancillary players. They brought in, and I find this one extremely interesting, especially in light of what's going on with Milwaukee. Bogdan Bogdanovich passed up the opportunity to play with Giannis to go to Atlanta. I love it. Atlanta. I love it. I love, I love what Atlanta's doing. They got Trey Young, Rondo coming off the bench, Kevin Herter, but Cam Reddish, Cam Reddish is going to be the starting shooting guard. And Cam Reddish was voted by his peers, the had the most votes of who was going to have the best career out of that 2019 class. Bogdan Bogdanovic, John Collins, Clint Capella. These guys, this is a good team. It's a good team. How do you not like this team? It's easy not to like the Atlanta Hawks because you've been you've seen the track record of the Atlanta Hawks in all of their iterations. Like going back to Dominique Wilkins, they'll tease you with how good they are and never go anywhere. Clint so, Capella is going to make a big difference there, and Bogdan Banyanovic, it's going to. I'm telling you, they're 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 good four or five seed. They're good. They're really good. I really like the Atlanta Hawks. I like the moves they made. They got him. They're going to finish in 12th place. They got Bogdan Bogdan <laughs> just to trade him to Milwaukee. Just to trade him. <laughs> just to trade him for assets. Like, that's exactly what happened. They're going to bottom out, and they're going to deal all these guys. You know it. I know it. Everybody who's listening knows it. The and- last you know, the last team we're going to talk about is Charlotte. Another team, I, I mean, I can't believe they pulled up the steal and got Gordon Hayward to go down there. 
You have LaMelo Ball running the point. Terry Rozier coming off the bench. Then you got Devontae Graham as your two guard. You got Caleb and Cody Martin. Then you have Gordon Hayward, who shoots 50% from two and 38% from three. P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, who was one of, one of the best college, was a great college player. Cody Zeller and Bismarck Biombo. Like, that's a really good team. I don't know if it's going to translate to much, but it's a good team. I mean, they, they have players, but again, does it translate to a team? Like you said, they have a lot of redundancies on their roster. That's also a problem. How many guards do you need? Yes, yeah, which we talked about last week, yeah. For sure. That, that, and right. the Gordon Hayward thing, like, does he just want to be in a small market? I mean, he's from Indiana, went to school at Butler, was drafted by Utah. The, the, the Celtics thing didn't work out as planned, even though he went to go with his, his college coach. And maybe he's just a small market, a big fish in a small pond, you know? Like, good for him if he is. But I don't know. I really, it's a head scratcher as far as that decision goes. I mean, there were better fits out there, in my opinion, than Charlotte for Gordon Hayward. But what's done is done. And again, if they stink, they could just turn around trading. So they can get assets for him. They can get assets for any of their players, you know, since they have so many redundancies. I mean, the only one I could see them truly, like, holding on to I mean they'll they'll probably keep want to keep Graham they'll want to keep ball and you know maybe a couple other players but if this team isn't going anywhere they might just you know move some pieces for better fits and you know like maybe like since the since the Eastern Conference is weak like they can make a run like even if they're the drizzling shits they could probably still get to the at least the eight seed. It falls a lot on Gordon Hayward. He needs to be – he needs to play out of his mind because he's going to be the guy who's going to carry the team. Yeah. You can't rely on a rookie to do it. Uh, Devontae Graham's really good, but, you know, he's he, he's not he's not the guy. They need a guy. They need, that's, yeah. the, that's, that's the problem with this team. This team doesn't have a guy, right? Like Atlanta has a guy. Yeah. Uh, Nola has a guy. The Lakers have guys – this team, the Charlotte, doesn't have the guy. So if Lamelo can prove in a couple of years that he's the guy, they'll be all right. And well, I said, yeah, superstars win, and superstars are the cornerstones of your team. And right now, I mean, they're, they're a nice group of kids. They're a nice. They're, <laughs> they're just, they're just, you want to pinch their cheeks, you know? They're it's the like, fat girl at the party. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, you're so cute. <laughs> you look nice. <laughs> More or less. All right, boys and girls. So we're trying a new segment this week, more or less. We're going to put a situation out there to you or some numbers out there to you. And is it going to be more likely or less likely? Is it going to be more than that number or less than that number? Let's see what the first one is. More likely or less likely that the Lakers repeat this season. Yeah, I'm going to go with more likely uh, until I see a team in the West come in and punch them in the mouth. I don't see how they don't get all the way to the championship. And I don't see any other teams in the East that's going to really match up to them. Again, right now they don't have Anthony Davis, but I think part, and this is just mere speculation in my opinion, is that they're trying to get Anthony Davis to take less money so that this next summer they can go get Giannis. Oh, <laughs> that's what I really believe. My God. Is, that's what I think is happening right that's now. That's the Death Star. And, and he's he's the guy he because he's probably like, oh, I don't really want to take this money. Like, you know, I got my championship. I want to kind of get paid. And they're kind of like, well, we're going to go get Giannis. LeBron's going to be here for maybe two or three more years. And then it's going to be you and Giannis. And we're going to build around you guys. And then we can extend you once LeBron leaves. That's what I think. But, hey, I don't know. I'm going to go with less likely just from the simple fact that Steph Curry is healthy and on the court, and they're building that team back up in Golden State, which you have Wiseman, and then you have Draymond. And you lost Clay Thompson, yes, but you also have Andrew Wiggins. So you have players there to surround Steph Curry 
and you can, you know, you'll have a legitimate threat to the Lakers. Now, whether or not that actually comes to fruition, it remains to be seen because like anything, health is a major factor, but that's the only team I see with a puncher's chance against the Lakers. Sorry, Clipper fans, but you no, know, the Clippers, no, Clippers are a waste of space. Uh, um, the the Pelicans are two years away from being two years away. Uh, the Suns, they're two years away from being five years away. Right. The, the Suns <laughs> think they're onto something with Chris Paul. They got a lot of proving to do. The Rockets are trying to trade everybody under the sun. So the Spurs, they, like the Spurs, totally fell apart. So that yeah. leaves you know by process of elimination, that leaves the Golden State Warriors as your only real threat. My my only thing is I think a threat to them will only be if James Harden goes to the Nets, and I don't really see that happening. So as long as that doesn't happen, I think it's going to be really tough. Oh, coming um, out of the East, absolutely. The the only way you're going to be able to challenge the Lakers is if you build some kind of super team, and yeah. really that's that's the Nets or bust. Super duper team. <laughs> All right, so more likely or less likely that the Bucks would be seven and four with Jameis Winston. I'm going to go with less likely because it remains to be seen if this GM would have surrounded Jameis Winston with the talent that he is surrounding Tom Brady with. Are you bringing in Antonio Brown? Are you bringing in Rob Gronkowski? Are you bringing in Leonard Fournette? If Jameis Winston's your quarterback, I'm not 100% sure on that. To be honest, with I think you. he does. I think he does because he has to. This is this is his last year. Okay, this is this is it. Like if he if he's not able to win with this team, they're gonna fire him. There's no way he lasts this through this year. And and just my answer is is it's more it is more likely that they would be seven four with Jameis Winston. And the reason I say that is because this would be his second year in the Bruce Arians offense. So he was thirty for thirty last season. So I think he would go like 30 and 18 or 30 and 19 this year. They would still score a bunch of points. The defense is going to be as good as the defense is. And he'd have Rojo tearing it up. Maybe Bruce Arians wouldn't throw throw the deep ball as much. And he would uh, he probably wouldn't have Antonio Brown. And he actually, you're right then, I guess. He wouldn't have Antonio Brown. He wouldn't have Gronkowski. But he wouldn't need Gronkowski because he have Cameron Brait. And he would, ha- he would have had O.J. Howard. So... I, I would say it's more likely that the Bucks would still be seven and four even if Jameis Winston was there. More likely or less likely, Daniel Jones goes three consecutive games without a turnover. I'm gonna go. It is less likely. He he's itching to throw it. He can't wait. In the first five or six passes, he's either gonna fumble it or he's gonna throw it to it. Uh, he's gonna throw a pick. He can't wait. He's itching to it. He's dreaming about it. It's happening. I'm also going less likely just for the simple fact of his track record. The kid can't hold on to the ball to save his life. Andrew Tom- can't hold the cold. Yeah. No, he tripped over his own two feet. The turf monster got him. Right? Ah! He, he had an 80 yard run. That was a beautiful run. It was beautiful. But Look, then, Bob on TV. Right. Exactly. He started out ah! like Colin Kaepernick and ended up like Eli Manning. Like, I don't know how that happened. It was like, Oh shit. Oh shit. But Daniel Jones, you know, the offensive line left tackle has been an issue. Andrew Thomas, I'm not saying you're a bust, but you definitely need a lot of work, son. And the Giants just fired their offensive line coach. So that makes you wonder that uh, maybe they don't like the progress, the, the progressions that this line is making, especially, you know, the rookie left tackle that you put in there to, to protect Daniel Jones's blind side, which will lead to fumbles because you're going to get strip sacks. And, with that, you know, with being pressured in the pocket, he's still not making those reads and he's still not going through his progressions because he's still in his second year. He's not that level of quarterback. He may get there. He may not get there. But right now it is extremely likely that he is going to throw a pick in the first half of his game. <laughs> he might throw the first series. I said the first six passes. Don't try to beat me. Well, first six passes, like who knows how long that's going to be. We don't, we really can't tell. So, you know, it, it's it's going to happen. It's a question of when.
Time to see what's cooking this weekend, sponsored by As You Eat It, only on YouTube. That's A-Z, you eat it. Check it out today. All right, time for our pick segment. I have to issue, I have to issue a, former apolo- a formal apology to one of our fans, Regina, in Farmingdale, New York, who used my picks last weekend in her betting pool and... I went four and ten, and I really ruined it for her. So, Regina, I just want to say I'm sorry, and I will do much better this week. It was not a good week for either one of us. I only won seven games last week, but, <laughs> like, it was bad, you know. Yeah. But, you know, kudos to the kudos to the teams for showing up. You can't really predict injury. So, like, the, you know, the Washington or terrible Bengals game. for that matter. Yeah, you can't, you can't uh, predict that Valdez Scantling is going to fumble. Like you can't. I mean, that's oh, that the beauty bad. of sports, you know. That was a bad one. That was a, that was a horrible one. But and we're already. Uh, how are we doing on Thanksgiving so far? I split. I went one and one. Oh no, I'm zero and two so far. Yeah. So we got to do a better job for you guys, and we're going to do a better job for you guys. But let's start with Miami versus the Jets. I'm taking Miami. It's not even close. Yeah, yeah. I'm taking Miami over COVID. Arizona versus New England. I'm going to take the Patriots. I think they win this game. Really? 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 I'm taking the Cardinals on this one. Yeah, I think the Patriots are a little depleted. So, yeah, they haven't been looking great. Kyler Murray is going to do some things this week. Panthers at Vikings. I'm, I'm going to roll- take the Vikings on this one. Yeah, I'm rolling with Minnesota. Like I said, I ha- I really I have them winning – the division, so I'm rolling with them the next couple of weeks, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Dalvin Cook, you can't argue with Dalvin MVP. Cook. 100%. Browns at Jaguars. This has all the makings of an upset, doesn't it? But I'm going to stick with Cleveland. I'm going with Cleveland, too. But I was I was itched. My, my trigger finger was itching to take the I think the Glennon's Jaguars. playing quarterback this weekend. Oh, my God. Oh, God, Mike Glennon. Like, why? Why are you even wasting your time? Just have Jackson DeVille do it. Oh, my goodness. But this, you're absolutely right. This is the kind of game that feels like the Browns would lose because the Browns always lose it. But not this time, Cleveland. Tennessee at Indianapolis. I got Tennessee. I'm taking Tennessee as well. I think Den- Derrick Henry is going to have a hell of a game. And, uh, yeah, the Colts, they're they're ha- they have to have a, a trouble stopping him. So, well, it's a division game. You know, it's hard to it's hard to sweep those. Yeah, it's hard. It's definitely hard to sweep those. So, you know, the Titans, yeah, you know, they're they're gonna you know do what they do. Giants and Bengals. This is a tough. I mean, the Giants have to win this game. They brought up a practice squad quarterback since because the injury to Joe Burrow. Brandon Allen is getting the start, and. Yeah, the Bengals are too depleted. The Giants can't lose this game. Yeah, I got the Giants. Chargers and Bills. I'm going to take the Bills, but I think it's going to be a shootout. This is a tough game for sure. Anthony Lynn likes to play him close and then lose him in the end. Right, exactly. (laughs) Josh Allen likes to play it close and win it in the end. I'm taking Josh Allen and the Bills. Yeah. Raiders Uh, and Falcons. Yeah, Raiders and Falcons. I'm taking the Raiders. The Raiders are the better team. They are going to run all day with Josh Jacobs all over the Falcons defense. It's going to be it's going to be a bad day in Atlanta. Niners right. and Rams. Yeah, I'm t- I, I we spoke about it earlier. I think the Rams are going to roll. I think they found their niche. They were able to get the ball to Cooper Cup last week. They're going to continue to spread the ball all over the field. And that defense is stellar. And I think they're going to take down the 49ers. Rams are on the rise. The Niners, there's, this is a lost season for them. Roll with the Rams. Saints and Broncos. Who are you taking? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with the Saints. I think they had a nice offense against... Uh, with Taysom Hill last week, and I think they keep it up. The Broncos are a head scratching team, just because you you think they're going to play, you know, they're going to play down, and then all of a sudden they manage to keep it close and pull out a couple games. But 
it, the Saints are gonna are gonna roll all over them, and Drew Locke is gonna look terrible against the Saints defense. Taysom Hill's not gonna have to do much, so I'm taking the Saints. Chiefs and Bucks, the, all the potential for game of the week. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, bottom line is, is no nobody's been able to hold Patrick Mahomes under 30 points, and I can't see the Bucks scoring more than 30 points, so I'm sticking with the Kansas City Chiefs. Well. The, the center, I believe, for the Buccaneers might have a career-ending neck injury, so that is definitely going to impact this game big time. Chris Jones is going to say hello to Tom Brady a few times, and I wonder if Brady's going to throw another pick six, but um, it remains to be seen. Either way, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him, and another game, you know, Mahomes isn't going to have to do too much. You ride a Edwards Alaire, you ride Le'Veon Bell, Chiefs are going to win this one. Bears and Packers. I'm going to take the Packers. Mitch Trubisky starting. That's all that I need to know. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, unless they're going to start Jordan Love this weekend and make it a fair fight. But I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen. Aaron Rodgers is going to steamroll all over this team. And it is <laughs> It's terrible. You know, it, it's I feel bad for the defensive players on the Bears because you know they're trying. Like Nagy, not so much on offense, but the defense is trying. Seahawks and Eagles. Uh, another easy one. If Carson Wentz is playing quarterback, I'm taking Seattle. Got to let Russ cook a little bit, but run the damn football. Stick to what worked last week if you're Seattle. Um, make... Carson Wentz throw the ball, make him play from behind. That's when he makes stupid mistakes. Seahawks going to win this one. And in the surprise Tuesday night football game, we already gave you this pick last week because it was supposed to be on Thanksgiving. But just to remind you guys, Steelers and Ravens, I'm taking the Steelers on this one, especially now that COVID has riddled and ravaged the Ravens. It's a lot of R's going on. Play it's going to lead to an L. Alliteration. Yes. Yeah, I'm taking the uh, taking the Steelers as well. Thanks for tuning in tonight. You can catch our podcast Friday nights on the Anchor and other podcast outlets. Uh, until next time, stay faded, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.